It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm so hyped right now. Anything's possible. Oh, my mama. Oh, my mama made it, Anything's possible. Rainy days. Jump shot, fade away. This is the best Celtics podcast day to day. Especially when the season get hectic. I stay waiting on it like receiving a Nets pick. Nothing like the terrible analysts on the TV. So in depth, you might even hear a story on Gigi. So in depth, they might do an hour about the D-League. So in depth, you probably should pay him, but it's a freebie. Yeah, John Corrales and J. King. Locked on, trying to get the 18th ring. So you can miss me with the blah, blah. No more Geno time, we watching Jay do the Zaza. Hey there, welcome back to the Locked On Celtics Podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And man, I just don't know where to start with today. Uh, just, just a really horrible, I don't want to do a show right now, but we got to do this. Uh, John Corral is here with Sam Jam Packard talking to you after a 102-99 loss. A valiant second half effort by the Celtics after just a brutal, disgusting, horrible injury to Gordon Hayward five minutes into his Boston Celtics career. Basically, if you haven't seen it, for some reason, he goes up, they set a play for an alley-oop, goes up, comes down, lands on an ankle, fractures his ankle with a a dislocation, Gruesome, horrifying injury. You don't want to look at it if you're squeamish at all. And now we just wait and see how bad it is. Whether he'll miss the whole season. If he, if he's lucky, he'll be back this season. So uh, I talked about this a lot at halftime on my Periscope. So why don't we get your reaction to this, Sam? It was just is the type of thing I didn't even see the the like I watched the first half out at a. A bar. I'm on a work trip right now, but so I didn't see the exact play live. I immediately just saw the players' reactions, and like that's how I knew immediately that it was bad. Um, the sound was off, so I couldn't hear like the crazy Kevin Harlan call. But you just saw Jalen Brown's face, the players, like the faces of some of the players on the Cavs, and it was just like, oh crap, this is terrible. This is like a, a just a punch in the stomach the guy Gordon Hayward coming over his first game, like game as a Celtic wanting to establish himself it just sucked just like everything about it sucked I started getting text messages like just people apologizing yeah people who weren't Celtics fans people who were Celtics fans asking me if the season was over uh I got phone calls from family it was just like a it sucked. There's yeah. nothing more than it. It's a terrible moment, and it's just you just feel really bad for Gordon Hayward um, and his family and just everyone in general. And I've given Gordon Hayward like a lot of crap for uh, his video games and personality and stuff like that. But there's you just never want to see a guy, any guy, uh, just get hurt like this. Uh, and it was just a shitty moment all around. Yeah, just I, I can't even explain just how devastating. I watched I watched that happen and immediately I just basically the first half is a blur 
and it, it seemed to be a blur for for the Celtics too because they sucked in the first half after that. It was it was a tight game, and then everything fell apart. Uh, in the first half, they went into halftime uh, down fifty four thirty eight. They were shooting 34%, 12.5% from three. They just did not want to be there. They did not want to be there after seeing that. You saw the <laughs> huddle. They were hugging each other. They were just – it looked like just devastating. And I, I, at that point, and a lot of people said it on Twitter, I don't even know how you continue to play. I don't know how you do it. But watching that and watching his ankle – the way it was, oh, it's so gross. It just, man, your heart breaks for this guy. Everything, he uprooted his life. He made this big, life-changing decision. Now here he is in Boston. He's getting ready to start this this pivotal part of his career. And to have that happen five minutes in, brutal. Now, the good news in this, if there is any shred of silver lining is I've just been trying to read up on this type of injury. As bad as it looked, it's like one of those things that maybe because it was dislocated, it looked worse than it really was. And they said in the broadcast that they were able to actually reset the ankle in the arena. So they put it back into where it was supposed to be. And they're actually flying him back to Boston to get the the, the rest of his treatment. So he doesn't, it's not so bad that he has to be in Cleveland and they have to operate right away. So that's considering the, the damage that appeared to be done for them to be able to say, okay, we can wait, we can bring you back to Boston, we could do this under our terms with our doctors and our hospital. That's, to me, a big deal and, and, a, and a good indication that he didn't have to get rushed into surgery, they didn't have to do all these things to put plates and screws in right away. So if we're talking about looking at the severity of things, that's a good indicator that the severity, while obviously bad, could have been a lot worse. Yeah, we got um, my my favorite medical opinion, Mike Gorman, talking on uh, Celtics or Comcast Sportsnet saying it was a clean fracture and that there was no blood vessel or ligament damage. Um, and I'm, I'm not a doctor and I generally like to play one on Twitter, but tonight, even I couldn't uh, do that. But we saw a lot of Twitter doctors come out of the woodwork. Um, no one really has any idea exactly what the kind of process is going to be for Gordon Hayward yet, but I, you're, I would agree that the, the initial signs coming out just from the, the Twitter doctors we have heard from and from kind of the information leaking out from the team that it was a clean tear, that it was just dislocated and they were able to reset it. Um, is good news for Gordon Hayward. I like immediately thought, oh, he's absolutely done for the entire year. Um, now I'm seeing timetables of like three to six months. Again, I have no idea how accurate any of this information is, but it seems like the general hysteria of Twitter has calmed down, and now there's some sort of consensus that he might actually be able to return this season. And who knows? what level he's going to be um, playing at. Just the uh, very notion that he might be able to return is just a great news for Gordon Hayward that this isn't something that is going to be um, career-ending at all or even season-ending, um, hopefully. No. But we still have to wait to see you know, what actual medical doctors say when they look at his and inspect his leg instead of just people on Twitter. But right. it's generally a good sign. So 
the Celtics then, after that first half, went into halftime, and I said this on my halftime periscope, that that was their opportunity. To, to go back out and play right away, it's just you're in a fog. There's nothing that you can really do at that moment except just go through the motions and try to survive. Uh, then they go into halftime. They have an opportunity to collect themselves. And then it was reported that he was that Hayward was brought into the Celtics locker room at halftime. So the Celtics have not had an opportunity to see him, to talk to him, to kind of get a sense from him what he was feeling and thinking and all of that stuff. You get a little bit of a rallying, like let's do it for Gordon. You get the coaches able to snap guys back into reality. There's just a 15-minute just clear your head and get back out there and start to go back to work. And all the Celtics did was outscore the Cavaliers 61-48 to in the second half. Yeah, they lost, but they stormed out in that second half, and there, there are no moral victories except for in a situation like this tonight where the Celtics can look at the performance, the second-half performance of key guys like Jason Tatum, who in the second half, 12 points on 5 of 6 shooting, hit a 3, hit a free throw, 5 rebounds and an assist, a plus 10 after going 0 for the first half. Jalen Brown, monster, 13 points, 6 of 12 shooting in the second half. He had a big game overall, 25 points, a career high, and 11 of 23 shooting. He looked like a stud out there. Uh, Also in the second half, we saw Kyrie Irving step up and, and just go nuts from downtown. Marcus Smart bullying Kyle Korver. He had 12 points. A lot of these guys that you expect to step up came up big. Terry Rozier, Tito, came out and was a plus 10 and, and made some plays. All over the place defensively. Three steals in the second half to go along. Jalen Brown also had three steals in the second half. This is when you look at the adversity when you say oh shit one of our superstars is down one of our key guys the guy that they just spent all of that money on he goes down and you say now who's going to step up in the second half of this game against Cleveland and granted I will say that it did come against some of the worst defensive guards you'll ever (laughs) ever see they stepped up and and came together they regained their composure. They came together as a team. They rallied. And in situations like this, teams do rally. And they they had a lead in the fourth quarter. Kyrie had a shot to, to tie this up. And I don't know what's going to happen moving forward. But, man, you've got to love these guys for getting scrappy and, and coming back and almost pulling this out. Yeah, the the... Jay King tweeted this uh, during the game. It's kind of felt like uh, Celtics of yesteryear in terms of their grittiness. I don't know about that much. It's only been one game, but you you got to really like just the reaction in the second half because there was just this refocusing on basketball. They were admittedly shell-shocked in the, in the first half or immediately after the injury, but they got back to it with kind of the hustle plays and – we really shouldn't be surprised that like it felt like the main catalyst of the play was just Marcus Smart outworking people uh, on the post, playing defense, just making plays. Uh, he struggled a bit early, but he really showed kind of his explosiveness and aggressiveness on the offensive end. And I thought he did a just great job 
um, the entire night. And then Jalen Brown, I thought, had an amazing game just in terms of, I mean, points. Yeah, I think he scored the most points he ever has in his career. But his aggressiveness and uh, his ability to attack the basket, he was not shy at all. Um, it shows you that, like, I don't know, the Gordon Hayward injury sucks a lot, and it totally changes expectations for the season. But there's just – I saw some tweets earlier like, oh, man, this season's ruined. Like, there's still a lot of reasons to be excited about this basketball team. Um, and it starts with the youth, mainly just the the young guys who had a, a great game tonight. Um, so, I don't know. Maybe I'm just a, a, a sports optimist. But it was very just uh, refreshing after that terrible injury to kind of ha- see this second half and see the potential of some of the young guys who are going to need to step up now because there's a lot of minutes to be filled. Yeah, uh, that's look, that, that's a testament to the type of character that these guys have. The coaching staff to get these guys refocused and just all around – you know, when when something bad happens to a team, it can galvanize them. It can bring them together. You know, they would. I don't know. I'm I'm looking for silver linings here. Well, obviously, oh, yeah, we, we didn't we, we didn't want this to be what brought the team together, and not that they ever had a problem coming together. But in the face of adversity, teams tend to surround them. They just they circle the wagons and they. They come together and they they perform. And it, like Brad Stevens said at halftime, you have no choice. You have no choice. This is game one. There are 81 more games. You know, it's mid-October. These guys are going to be playing until March and April. So that's a long ways away. They've got a long time. They've got a lot of basketball left. So you can't just pack it in now. You got to go out there and bust your ass. The East is weak. You can still float along. So maybe they're not going to be the two seed that we hoped that they would be. We'll see. But you could still be a three or a four or a five. Even you can still. There's still a top five team without Gordon Hayward because the East is so weak. So you can float along, and who knows? Maybe. If there is no real ligament damage, and if it was a, di- a dislocation and the fracture was clean, then maybe you're looking at eight to ten weeks. Well, eight to ten weeks. What if he's back in January? What if he's back in February? Now that changes the entire dynamic of this. So, again, I'm trying to look on the optimistic side, but if sometimes those things look worse, and sometimes uh, guys have an opportunity to step up, like we said. Terry Rozier and, and, and a lot of these guys have opportunities now. Jason Tatum looks smooth out there. He looks like an NBA player. You know, how many rookies go out there and look like ter- like just complete shit? Jason Tatum tonight looks just – I think he looks like a legit NBA player in his first game. He, in the first half, struggled a little bit was attacking LeBron. I, I love that he was fearless. I think maybe he was a little too fearless. But in the second half, he kind of figured it out and, and got to the bat. That's important, man. That's important to have a 19-year-old look that smooth out there in his first game. Man, that, that to me, gets me really optimistic. He had a double-double tonight. Like, that is a wild, like, stat that you wouldn't really expect. Um, but... You want to hear really hype him up? This is from ESPN Stats and Info. Jason Tatum became the third Celtics player with a double-double in his first career game, joining Larry Bird and Dave Cowens. So it feels like it's destiny <laughs> at this point. 
<laughs> but you're right. He did a. I thought he did a really good job on um, offense. He hit a big three, but he also um, he's not afraid to attack the rim as well. And he has the. He's kind of sneaky long, and he has this length to um, make layups around bigger uh, defenders or just like score from inside. And um, I was impressed with his offense tonight. And clearly, he he was the leading rebounder on the team. Clearly, his size uh, is impactful on both just offensive and defensive rebounding. So. I like thinking long term. I would uh, imagine Tatum stays in the starting lineup, and we see Marcus Morris um, start at the three. Uh, I think that's one of the options. The other option is just, uh, um, I guess, starting Marcus Smart. I just, I feel like I just discovered those two talking out loud right now, so I don't know which <laughs> one I prefer. What would you think? What do you think their the go to move is for replacing Here, Gordon Hayward in the lineup? I think, I think it's very simple to have Marcus Morris slide into that four spot or whatever, three, four, and have Tatum stay in in that starting lineup. The other, if you want to get weird, and I'm just going to throw this out there. I like getting weird, man. Terry Rozier. Ooh, you know I like Tito in the starting lineup. What if you start Kyrie, Tito, uh, Jalen, and Hayward and Tatum. Not Hayward. Horford and Tatum. I mean, sorry. Hayward sorry. just uh, proved some injury. Yes. Horford. Sorry. My, my <laughs> sorry. Hayward's on my mind. Uh, yes. What, so what if, you, what if we did that? Kyrie, Jalen. So Jalen would probably slide over to the three. So you do Kyrie, Tito, Jalen, Tatum, and Al. I mean, I like it. I think they're, you're going to see a lot of size? different I don't think at this point you just lost one of your major guys with size. I mean, we're going to see a lot of uh, guard-heavy lineups. It felt like in that game, one of the lineups that was doing um, pretty well was Kyrie, Marcus, and Rozier next to each other. Uh, I think it's a possibility. I don't know uh, if you want... See, the, the, the thing is they really lost the second ball handler is like or the person I thought who would be the ball, like the primary ball handler on the in the second lineup. So I don't know who you want that person to be. And it feels like it's a debate that we've had for as long as Rozier and Smart has have been in the league together. But like who's the better pure point guard and who do you want running the offense uh, on that second unit? I feel like it's going to be an experiment right now. I think Rozier is a better playmaker and Smart's just a. I don't really think of him as a point guard. He's just kind of like a, a DH of sorts. He'll just like fill in for any role. So I feel like he can pretty much play two through four. Um, I don't know. It's a it's a difficult decision. I'm kind of curious what to to see what Brad Stevens does. And it may be something that changes with matchups where if you want more sizes in there, you maybe start Marcus Morris and Jason Tatum. If you want if you have if you have the ability to go small and you meet fast and quick, then maybe you start Rozier. But it's a it's an interesting question that I did not think we would have to answer yeah. at all. Uh, just three hours ago. Yeah, sucks. Uh, I just want to take a, a pause here to remind people about all of the new places you can find the Locked On Celtics podcast online. Obviously, uh, you can find us on Twitter at Rainin underscore Jays. You can find us on LockedOnCeltics.com. Primarily, that's going to be where all of our podcasts live now. LockedOnCeltics.com will have all of our podcasts. 
At some point, if for some reason something goes wrong, you can't find it, LockedOnCeltics.com is the place to go. We just put up a Facebook page, which is uh, Facebook.com slash Jays. And on Instagram, Locked On Celtics on Instagram. So we are on basically all sorts of social media. I suppose I could make a LinkedIn profile so we can start connecting people. I don't know. I don't even know how to use LinkedIn, but whatever. I would endorse you for uh, takes and good yeah. uh, Simpsons references. Do, do hot takes with a Z, is that an endorsable skill on LinkedIn? I would hope so. <laughs> I didn't know we had a website. I'm looking at it right now. It's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Yeah, so that's brandy new, launched this week. So do that. Visit whatever it is, however you get your social media, whatever you prefer. We will be on all of those things, and as we try to move forward and move along, we'll we'll kind of hone how we do this stuff. But lots of places to find the Locked on Celtics podcast online. NFL teams making bold final moves before the start of the season. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. The Tennessee Titans have announced a one-year deal with linebacker Jadavion Clowney, reportedly worth $15 million. Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans tells you if it's going to be enough to get Tennessee back to the AFC title game. In other moves around the league, the Miami Dolphins named Ryan Fitzpatrick starting quarterback, which means Tua will be back up for the time being. And the Detroit Lions have agreed to a one-year deal with running back Adrian Peterson. Peterson was released by the Washington football team last Friday. For more NFL news and analysis, subscribe to the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show and listen to a brand new lineup on Locked On NFL. They'll have division previews every day this week. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We got to get some um, headshots and uh, bibliography of our of each of us on the on the website. Make it look a little professional. Yeah, yeah, I think we do. We do. Uh, <laughs> we'll get right on that. You, you can. Start. I just like the idea of having a professional podcast headshot, but uh, yeah, I'll start it. Yeah, I'll put up the first one. Go for it. Uh, let's let's just hit that Twitter real quick. Uh, Rifecy, our boy Rifecy, who's been with us from the beginning. Uh, the result sucks, but the Celtics showed a lot tonight. I'm not nearly as depressed as I was at the half. Young guys look nice. Tatum performing in crunch time, big time for his first career game. Uh, also, Kevin Yates at Sleeping Turtle. <laughs> I just love these Twitter names, man. Uh, here's a question. This is a, just a, a weird hypothetical, but uh, if Hayward was injured all four years, we still get that contract. NBA contracts are guaranteed, so – there would be a way for the Celtics to – basically insurance would pay for that contract. So he would get paid. The Celtics would figure out a way to, like, waive him and probably stretch him or something. There, there's there's a mecha- uh, mechanism for that, and insurance would end up paying. And I think insurance is going to end up paying the money that, that he's owed so the Celtics don't actually have to pay out of their pockets. So that's a little bit yeah, of how that works. Some, like, designated player exemption from yeah. the cap. So here's uh, here's that. I'll I'll read this from Bobby Marks. Uh, he specifically addressed this, so this is directly from him. The quote is: Celtics would be eligible to apply for the disabled player exception based on the Gordon Hayward injury. The exception will be worth eight point four million, and Boston would have up until March tenth to use it. The Celtics, with an open roster spot, can sign, claim, or trade for a player that has one year left on his contract. That's how that works. So I assume that that's based on 
Hayward missing the season. I guess we have to get the official diagnosis. Because if for some reason this isn't so bad and he he has the potential to be back like by the All-Star break, then I don't know if they still have the opportunity to use that. I'm really not 100% clear on that particular thing. But that's where they stand at the moment. So if they if they are granted the disabled player exception, they could go out and find a guy in the $8.4 million range up up to that to replace Hayward in in the uh, lineup. So we'll see. Yeah. Man. Wow. I just can't believe that this is where we are. But look, man, injuries happen, and I don't want to be flipping about it, but that's the the grind of the NBA in professional sports. You a guy suffers an injury and you you know we we wish him the best and we just hope for a speedy recovery and we hope that it is better than than we when than it seemed but you know what tomorrow or today Wednesday when you're listening Celtics got another game they have to go out there and play basketball again tomorrow so that that's that's the reality there's there's just no rest for them. Milwaukee comes into town, and they've got to figure out a way to stop Giannis Antetokounmpo and a, a very dangerous Milwaukee team. So, again, 81 games left for them to figure this out, and a lot of guys are going to have to step up. We'll see what, that, what, what the Celtics do with their starting lineup. Uh, is there any Jams junk drawer stuff to, to get through tonight? Or is the- well, you know, just just like the Celtics had to move on and get back to their game, um, I, uh, the podcasters do too. And so, of course, there's some jams junk drawer. Yeah, there's I have weird things going on in my head, and I need to write them down. So go for it. Um, the first half, I'm gonna have to say I wrote these down uh, handwritten at a bar. So um, and so there's much <laughs> less from the first half because there's also the days of Hayward. Um, but let's start off with one. I hate Dwayne Wade. Uh, Always have, always will. He looks weird in the number nine jersey. He's got, um, I just no, I don't, I just hate him. He's the worst. <laughs> um, my one of my immediate reactions was, um, did I jinx the Gordon Hayward injury? Because on the podcast with Jay, where we did, uh, I asked him over unders. I said way over, um, and he said, well, what happens if uh, Gordon Hayward gets injured? And I just said, there's no way that's happening. So immediately I felt bad for possibly jinxing it. But now I'm blaming Jay King for even bringing up the injury. Jay King is the one who jinxed it. Ah, yeah. Shaking my fist at Jay King. As we should. Um, Start of the third quarter, uh, we had some angry Al Horford. We had face technicals on Al Horford. It felt like he was the one who's just like trying to will the team is like, we are not out of this basketball game. We will not quit. Uh, he didn't really make that many plays um, that I remember in the rest of the game, but I just, I love angry Al Horford. It's he's always, that's always going to pump me up. Um, hey, he still had without doing much. He's still had nine points and seven boards. So um, Al Horford, angry Al, gotta love that. I'm I'm all in on that. That was fun to watch, by the way. Side note, Horford versus Crowder. That that whole thing. Look, Crowder was pissed. Crowder probably hates the Celtics right now, and so I can understand. And we know what Crowder is, man. He will try to get under your skin. Him versus Horford, of all people, was a weird kind of like. Okay, this makes this game interesting to watch again after after everything. So yeah, that was fun. 
it didn't even feel like Crowder was like that, like really doing anything to Al. It just seemed like Al was just real down to clap and like the referees weren't having it. <laughs> and it just happened to be right in Crowder's face each time. But like, I don't think uh, Horford say anything, uh, said anything. I think I saw uh, Brian Robb tweet something about it. He was just saying, he actually was telling the referees, it's like, I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything. It was exclusively for aggressive clapping, which I'm all for. Um, Shane Larkin got some minutes tonight and then uh, did a pull-up three in transition, and I just wasn't here for it. Uh, <laughs> I'm upset every time I see Shane Larkin on the court. I don't. Um, I, I just don't like it. I don't know what else to say. Nothing else to say. All right, this one seems pretty self-obvious too, but Jeff Green is a mark-ass mark, and I've never liked him. <laughs> uh, Marcus Smart had a pretty – Sweet FU steal on LeBron James at the end of the game. We always got to keep track of those. LeBron, I mean, Marcus, this is another tangent, but and he's just really looked good being this skinny and this athletic. He like looks another level. His just his intensity feels that much more um impactful of winning in this new slimmer frame. I don't know. It, I'm just was thoroughly impressed by Marcus's effort in the second half tonight, especially the the way he was playing defense on LeBron and the way he was in the post just dominating these smaller guards. Uh, the the fu steal note just reminded me of uh, he was great tonight. Yeah, look, Marcus, typical Marcus game, right? So overall, five of sixteen, oh four from three. All right, typical Marcus game, twelve points, but nine rebounds, three assists, two steals, two blocks. Jeez, Marcus. In the second half, like you said, he was just a monster. Five of seven in the second half. So the, all 12 points in the second half for, for Marcus Smart. He just turns it on. He looks – how many times have we been on Twitter? You see, man, Marcus Smart looks terrible, blah, 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 blah. Then all of a sudden it's just a Marcus Smart love fest. Everybody – he just all of a sudden switches and becomes you know, Smarticus and he goes nuts. Yeah, no, he's he's just fun to, fun to watch play. I, just like the impacts winning thing, just like makes me so frustrated at this point because there's no other phrase that's like better that's describes what, what he does. And it's just like every time I search for one, it's like nope, impacts winning immediately. That's it. That's uh, what it is. Um, last uh, Kyrie hitting just off balance threes off dribble handoffs at the top of the key and just doing it so casually it will always be cool. Like it's just like a really look looks amazing when he just hits these fadeaway kind of moving threes immediately off dribble handoffs. And he's just like the only player in the game other than, than Steph that I can think of that is really adept at doing that kind of move. Um, so that's always just going to be fun to watch. Yep. It's great. And the only other thing I have is um, it would have been cool if we made that shot at the end. <laughs> yeah, it would have been nice. That would have been nice. Can you imagine an overtime game? Well, <laughs> would have been nice, well, but they had a good chance. I mean, Jalen missed that wide open look at the end. Kevin Love made his uh, open look. Sometimes shots fall, but it was just it was. Uh, it's a moral victory, but it was great to see them them fight back. And you know what? They got another game tomorrow. But for all like that could have been terrible of tonight. It wasn't the worst night, but it was close to it. Yeah, yeah. Let's just hope that Gordon Hayward has a faster than expected recovery. He knows whatever, however long it takes, we're all going to be behind him. And whatever it is, man, if, if his season is over, then so be it. He'll, he'll recover, and they'll, they'll fix it, and he'll be back. My biggest hope is that 
this doesn't screw with him mentally. You know, sometimes when you you just lands in a regular basketball play and you hurt yourself that badly, it it can mess with you, can mess with your head. So let's hope that that's not the case. Let's hope he can return and be the same guy that he's always been. And and just hope the news is better because man, that looked terrible. But good for the Celtics for rallying. Good for the Celtics for coming back and almost stealing this game. Tough one to lose, but early in the season, and and let's just see who steps up because somebody's going to have to. They've got no choice. Once again, Celtics lose 102-99 on a very tough night, a little bit of a somber night, but hoping for better news tomorrow, and we'll be here post-game tomorrow to talk about whatever happens there here on the Locked On Celtics podcast. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hi guys, this is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. The NBA is back, so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.